smartcast you are listening to an hd smartcast original ek minute ruk jao ready hone do chalo ye kar lete hain this could be a great intro hi i am akshay hi this is saurabh and you are listening to the founder thesis podcast we meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country and we want to learn how to build a unicorn yahan pe in jaipur at that point of time now not now now things are changing everything is driven by the fact will this affect the girls prospect of finding a good match and if it does then it is not allowed and because my parents were very focused on getting me uh, i would say placed into a good family <laughs> and a good family's criteria of selecting a good bahu would be somebody who is not so educated and definitely who has never worked because any girl who has ever pursued any professional this thing is not at all adjustable into the family according to this whole mindset so i i understood their challenges it's not that they they were uh, trying to force me out of things i wanted to do but i understood that they had a certain objective in mind and if i did certain things it would get fulfilled but anyway so then uh, again i had no options to work so i again turned to studying further i started pursuing cfa from ekfi university what if your entire life's path was planned right in front of you you did not have to do anything but follow it shaadi at 18 bachche at 20 and from then on a wonderful homemaker but what if someone decided that they did not wish to follow their well planned life and chose to break the shackles of patriarchy and choose a career simply because education and language was a passion and they possessed the grit and determination it took to make it to the top well somewhat similar is the story of anuradha agarwal founder of multibhashi a language learning platform that teaches english in 10 different languages in this episode Anuradha talks about the idea of multibhashi, how it came about, and her journey from finance to founder. And don't forget to subscribe the show from HT Smartcast, Apple, Spotify, or from wherever you get your podcasts. So languages had always uh, fascinated me, even as a child. But I used to do well overall in school. I used to be a topper in class. and uh, this is the reason my parents never discouraged me from studying but higher studies they were a little skeptical because in in a place like jaipur um it becomes tough to find a match if the girl gets too educated incidentally they were able to um find a match when i was around 21 i had completed computer engineering and i was uh doing my mba i started my mba in finance at that point i scored 49th rank in the entire state and i got into the best possible college uh in jaipur why mba finance i used to just move based on herd binda and it never occurred to me that um uh, i should stop and introspect at what i want to do right or what really interests me it was all about okay toppers get into computer engineering then after engineering toppers do mba and i had limited choice right i scored 98 percentile in my zat exam for exhilarating right uh, so i used to give all these exams <laughs> i knew i had no chance of going out but i still uh, kept trying my luck um my father obviously didn't allow so i didn't even apply for uh, interviews and all so i settled for um, 
the best possible MBA college in uh, Jaipur. Uh, and I started doing my finance, uh, MBA in finance and marketing. Finance was major, marketing was so minor. During first year, you got married or? No, so I didn't get married luckily, but I was engaged to this 12th fail guy at the age of 21. And uh, and that was probably the first time I got into uh, a small level of depression and I started questioning what was happening. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I, all, I never repelled, I was never repelled by the idea of getting married. But then at that point, I realized here, okay, getting married is fine, but... Why do my parents not at all care about my qualification or my talent? Or why is it okay for me to get married to somebody whom I can't even talk to? Like, we just had nothing in common. So, um, I was practically like, you know, I, I got engaged because women in our, uh, this this whole matter, they don't have a choice. Like, they don't even ask whether, okay, so what do you think? No. I mean, so it's a good family. They have a great business. The guy is not educated. So what? We didn't even want you to be get uh, to be educated, and then you know all those things that we we already told you you shouldn't study so much now because of your studies you're creating a problem. Uh, how does it matter if he's not educated? And it was not about education to be honest. It was not just about education. There was a lot of things because of which I was not able to find uh, any any common connect with the person. There was right? a culture because, mismatch. Yeah, maybe that. Aspirations, level of intelligence, the quality of uh, discussions, topics was entirely a big mismatch. And within 15 days, I gave up. Like, um, And I told my parents that, see, this is not going to work out. Um, I don't want to take an extreme step. So, And then my parents were not like the filmy villain <laughs> kind of parents. <laughs> We were quite understanding and somewhere deep down, they also knew that they had taken a decision, but they were also iffy about it, that how will she survive and all that. So thankfully, they were very cooperative and we called it off. But probably that was a turning point where I started thinking, Kiar, um, if, I, if I don't take this matter in my own hands, I'm going to again fall into some ditch. So I was, I told my parents categorically that, see, these are my four or five criteria. Now, obviously, I still leave the decision to you, right? Uh, but now please make sure that the screening is proper before uh, comes to me, the resume comes to me. <laughs> and then I have to have a final word. So I, I streamlined the entire recruitment process. <laughs> okay. And that was helpful for me. But it was extremely tedious for my parents now. What were your filters? So one was uh, education. Uh, has to be more educated than me. And uh, education is the screening process. And once I get it to interview process, I'll also judge whether the person is at least as intelligent or more intelligent than me. I should be able to enjoy a conversation with the person, right? So this is one. Intelligence. Second uh, was, um, and it was a personal choice, of course. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that it should or shouldn't be in anyone else's list. But for me, I had a few value system related uh, issues, which I ran into with the previous uh, person also. So like uh, drinking, alcohol, smoking, all these things don't go down well with me. So I think those basic checks, you have to make sure that at your end, you uh, confirm and then at my end, I'll confirm again. So that was there. And um, one was location, which never got fulfilled. <laughs> But I wanted to stay around uh, my parents. So I said, if possible, uh, find a match in Jaipur, which was the least priority criteria. 
and finally got completely <laughs> uh, thrown into the dustbin because it wasn't possible at all for them to do that. And obviously, they had their own filters uh, coming from a traditional background, like related to caste, religion, um, the family background. So, so multiple things happened, and then it became extremely tedious for them to find that uh, first screening process. Say, कोई नहीं निकल पाता था kind of thing. But then finally, uh, at twenty five, so at I continued with my MBA finance, uh, completed that. Then again, job was a big taboo. Uh, so by the time I graduated out of my MBA, I had re- rejected five job offers. I got uh, placed uh, right after my uh, engineering graduation. Um, I love interviews. Used to be very easy for me to crack. Uh, I used to enjoy attending interviews. Although I knew I, even if I get selected, I'll not be allowed to join the job. I still used to go for interviews. Uh, so I was selected for a job in Bangalore, um, software development. After that, uh, after MBA also, I got selected by two banks um, and one uh, CA firm in Jaipur and uh, one very fledgling startup in Jaipur. So these were the five different jobs that I had, options I had. So ICICI Bank, I got a posting in Ajmer, and this time I was I don't know what. Rebellion I got inside me, especially after that incident. I was like, "Hell bent! I want to do this job. Why are you not allow- allowing me to do a job? I've already rejected three jobs because of uh, this whole thing." And my father was like, "You can't leave Jaipur, okay? Ajmer is two hours away from uh, two, two and a half hours drive from Jaipur." And he was like, "If you are so insistent, you can travel to work every day and come back, but you can't stay in Ajmer." So, so at that point of time. I used to get up at five in the morning, go to the bank, travel two and a half hours in a Mercedes to the <laughs> bank for That's an entry level job, and then come back by. And my boss was very strict, so he was like, "I don't care if you're not in Ajmer or uh, what is whatever your family background, you're not leaving the bank before eight p.m." So then I used to reach back home by eleven eleven thirty. Used to be very tiring, and then. More than tiring, I used to feel guilty of wasting all that fuel on going and coming back, and I was not adding that much value as an entry-level uh, candidate. I did it for one and a half months, and uh, because again, I don't know, very weird, Akshay. But here in Jaipur, at that point of time, now not now, now things are changing. <laughs> Everything is driven by the fact: will this affect the girl's prospect of finding a good match? and if it does then it is not allowed and because my parents were very focused on getting me uh, i would say placed into a good family <laughs> and a good family's criteria of selecting a good bahu would be somebody who is not so educated and definitely who has never worked because any girl who has ever pursued any professional this thing is not at all adjustable into the family according to this whole mindset so i i understood their challenges it's not that they they were uh, trying to force me out of things i wanted to do but i understood that they had a certain objective in mind and if i did certain things it would get fulfilled but anyway so then uh, again i had no options to work so i again turned to studying further i started pursuing cfa from ekfa university mm, it has nine levels i think i completed six out of them so this would be like a distance learning kind of a thing this was a distance learning course you had to uh, and it was quite tough like uh, core finance right um, and i was self studying and then i used to go take an exam so they have these nine levels i cleared five or six out of them um, but it kept me busy it kept me fulfilled 
intellectually stimulated um, otherwise i was completely unemployed at the age of 25 um, finally uh, i got married to devendra okay so this was how many years after passing out um so 22 i, I passed out in 2008 out of my mba got married in 2010 so in the meantime for two i was i was engaged in the cfa program and i also did and that point of time surprisingly my father agreed to uh, send me for a one and a half month uh, course that they have in hyderabad because my bua was there so i was studying and i was there but it was still a big surprise to me that he finally allowed me to go and pursue this it was really helpful for me um i first time i got exposure to the outside world the corporate world it was kind of an internship where um, we were learning a lot and then we were also working on a few life projects so uh, at that time was uh, devendra already an entrepreneur or was he working No, so uh, Devendra at that point was working in private equity um, field. He was with Olympus Capital, and he was from Jaipur, like he's from Rajasthan, but not exactly Jaipur. Uh, so my criteria of Rajasthan and Jaipur completely got dropped out because my father finally decided that okay, it's not educated ladka to find such an educated guy uh, in Jaipur is like almost difficult. Uh, so let's start looking out of options. so then this uh, proposal came and i was obviously extremely uh, impressed by the resume <laughs> again uh, and the most impressive thing about devendra was that he had made a switch from uh, tech to finance without any education background so he was from iit bombay um, electrical engineering uh, and then uh, after his first job with texas instrument i think for one and one and a half years only he switched to finance without any course in finance Uh, so that was most interesting and then that became a talking point for us when we first met and so the intelligence factor was established was well established and also because i was also from the field of finance i we could relate uh, to each other i w- i was never a finance i was never passionate about finance devendra was very very passionate about finance um, but i had a background in finance and then my other filters were also all checked and so he where was he based out of at that time he was based out of gurgaon at that point okay he was working as an analyst in a pe firm yes he was working as an associate i think he was he had been promoted by then but yeah in an in a pe firm and very good job and pretty settled um so but my father with a heavy heart said yes because <laughs> so my parents biggest concern was i was extremely happy with the resume after meeting him also i was very confident my parents were very iffy about it for two reasons one the guy was in a job and not a business and the family background so devendra is not from a very well to do family um they are in fact from a small village in rajasthan and his father had a small uh, garment shop in the village so my and like i said my parents uh, whole dream or aspiration they never wanted me to get educated do a job do a business anything they just wanted me to be placed in a good family right so for them it was a and from a small village so they kept um, confusing me a lot of times during the decision making for are you sure you want to get married to this guy village <laughs> you'll have to probably spend some time in that village with his family he was like okay absolutely fine with me so but then thankfully i was very clear in my decision making <clears throat> got married in 2010 and then i moved to gurgaon and um, then you know my whole career 
thing began because I, I always wanted to try working, never was allowed. So I quickly got a job uh, in finance, uh, started with a few companies. Um, so the first was Car- uh, Agilent Technologies, that it was a blended role, tech plus finance kind of a role. Then moved to Copal Partners with a pure finance, equity research, um, financial research kind of a role. I was serving the IB clients there. Um, so doing all the research, financial research for investment banking clients of Copal. Uh, but that research was mostly into US and UK firms and not Indian firms. But I was really enjoying my time. Although I'm not a, uh, I'm not very passionate about finance. Um, I used to enjoy the high-paced life there, like getting into office at 9 a.m., getting out of office around 11, 11.30, getting things done every day, learning new stuff every day. So it was all very thrilling for me. And Devendra was obviously extremely supportive uh, of uh, me trying to, but he used to keep questioning me a lot. Like, okay, you're working in finance, but is that your passion? If that's not your passion, why don't you keep questioning yourself? What's your passion? Which area you really like working in, right? So then um, Devendra decided to move to Kota for resonance, a job as a CFO of resonance. Uh, what does resonance do? Resonance is an IIT prep um, coaching institute in Kota, one of the largest uh, at that time. And um, RKV sir, the promoter, was Devendra's. Devendra was among the first few students uh, of RKV sir. So we always kept in touch and Devendra respects him a lot. So when he needed somebody to help him with the fundraise for resonance, uh, at that point of time, they got talking and um, Devendra decided that, okay, I want to jump, on, jump onto this ship. Um, obviously, P was a cushy job. We were in Gurgaon. I was already working. So it was, uh, he was a little, you know, concerned about how will I manage or uh, like <clears throat> your job will be suffered. I'm not sure if you'll find a job in Kota. Um, but I was very supportive and I, uh, I told him that I'll find something of my own. It's okay. So we moved to Kota and we were there for almost one and a half years one and a half, two years. So uh, for me, obviously, there were no jobs in Kota. Uh, but I figured out some online working options. There was a company called Elance at that point, which is now known as Upwork. <clears throat> so I used to do financial research projects there. And my clients used to be mostly abroad. I also found, uh, found another um, online company which used to uh, tutor kids um, from abroad on um, English and maths. So I used to prepare students for SAT exams. These were all NRI kids. And I took up that also. That was very interesting to me. <laughs> it was not finance, but that was something more interesting to me. And I also started learning French at that point. I said, okay, I have all the time on my hand. And I really like learning new languages. Why don't I try French? So that experience was very frustrating for me because no proper resources online. I tried a lot of self-learning apps. They could take me to a level, but beyond that, speaking practice, talking practice, a lot of listening practice. And online also, there was not much good quality content. But I was persistent and I uh, cleared my Delph uh, A1 level. After that, um, my first child was born. uh, And we, at that point of time, residence fundraise had also closed. So Devendra then was 
he had been contemplating starting something of his own e- even before we got married so um, now that you know he had more time at hand he finally said that okay i want to take this leap of faith <laughs> uh, and i was really excited about it so we started dexter in 2013 2012 december aditi was born 2013 january was our launch date for dexter and uh, i started working on dexter with devendra what what is what does dexter do correct so it is a services uh, company um, akshay right so the idea was uh, so devendra came from a rich investment background a uh, very good connect with investor community right in india and abroad and also because of his iit uh, background he was connected to a lot of entrepreneurs as well and there were a lot of startups coming up doing well fundraise was the you know uh, pain point for almost all entrepreneurs they were clueless on how to go about it uh, so our idea was that we want to uh, streamline the entire funding process for an entrepreneur handhold him from uh, pitch decks and and this sounds very um, uh, common now because there are a lot of other outfits but back then it was something almost innovative because there were not many outfits like that till that point especially for smaller entrepreneurs so we started with the focus on pre series a uh, angel rounds pre series a rounds because that those kind of entrepreneurs nobody used to give much attention to them because there was not much money to be made there to be honest and also because there were no small outfits there were only large outfits who were uh, enabling the larger entrepreneurs so with that idea in mind we started in fact from jaipur itself we so we relocated back to jaipur and our initial thesis was that there are a lot of uh, players in these tier 2 cities entrepreneurs in tier 2 cities who lack the support who who need the biggest support because in tier 1 cities there are still options there are still resources uh, but our initial thesis was not very correct to be honest actually the the momentum is there only in the um, hubs like gurgaon bangalore mumbai so ultimately all startup momentum is there the activity is there so we had to be um, at the center of the action so we soon relocated to gurgaon then we started off from jaipur but i think within a year or so or two we completely shifted to gurgaon so uh, so from 2012 to 2000 uh, 2013 to 2016 i was with dexter really happy with what i was doing i mean it was very very gratifying to see something you started uh, doing so well like uh, like within a few months we started onboarding clients and then uh, quite a few of them got raised funds successfully so a client success is your success and it's it's a celebratory occasion and and it was very thrilling but i never had an idea of starting something of my own uh, i graduated in my aspirations from uh, having aspirations to become a housewife <laughs> to the aspirations of uh, supporting my husband in his entrepreneurial journey but i never graduated till then to the level where i could aspire to be an entrepreneur myself or do something of my own right that was never the intention In 2015, my second child was born, and uh, that's when I—it was a complicated pregnancy. I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes, um, and at that point of time, we were in uh, Gurgaon. 
so we had already shifted to gurgaon but i came back to jaipur for a couple of months um and at that point um, uh you know while i was there for a couple of months a few of my relatives family friends whenever we used to interact i used to see a shift in mindset like you know the way people used to um shun all girl child education career uh, aspirations for women these things were changing like uh, at least the younger uh, females in my circle were looking up to start a career and um, they admired the way i had transitioned from a such a conventional family to a working woman so for me actually to be honest when i was growing up dur dur tak i had no uh, role models for working women the concept was the concept itself was very alien to me so when i got married and i was working and i had kids and i was juggling all this i used to draw a lot of flack from my family because um, they never understood the concept of why women need to work uh, your husband is earning why do you need to work why why are you making your kids suffer uh, you know why don't you spend time with them and i used to take my kids to office every day even then you know so uh, we didn't have any uh, support like devendra's parents are in uh, uh, were in village only till then right so it was just me and devendra if i have to go to office with devendra i have to take my child with me and take care and all in jaipur wasn't possible so although i was struggling so much on uh, juggling between professional and personal life i never got any as- appreciation from my family just because they and i don't blame them because for them it was a non existent concept right they used to always feel instead of empathizing with me they used to always feel why is she making her own life hell who's asking her to work so that was the kind of attitude um but now you know these so these women were looking for guidance on how we can start a career and we want to do something in this field and for them the biggest roadblock or mindset was that hiccup was that we can't even speak in english so you know what will we do in life Uh, you did well because you were so good at english i know aap bachpan se bahut acha english bolte the because of that you got opportunities uh, and you know because of that you are doing so well aapko dar nahi lagta i can't even think about uh, going to a corporate office i feel so nervous what if somebody talks to me in english and i am not able to revert back um so i said yeah that's not a big deal let's let's see how we can help you with english speaking and uh, i referred them to the existing solutions at that point of time like there were a lot of apps apps and websites by then and i was also because i was in touch with so many uh, players in the market like startups and all i used to study i knew there were quite a few startups in the segment okay which ones were there at that time uh most popular was duolingo even then uh but in india also we were seeing some homegrown startups like hello english was coming up um एक पहले बहुत पहले एक इंग्लिश दोस्त करके आया था सो दे वर अफ यू एप्स एंड वेबसाइट बट देन दीज पीपल ट्राइड देम एंड केम बैक इन सेड ये तो बहुत हाई फाई है इसको देख के तो लगता है हम कभी नहीं सीखेंगे बिकॉज दिस इज टीचिंग अस हाई फाई वोकेबलरी यू नो ग्रामेटिकल रूल्स द कॉमेंट फ्रॉम दिस पर्सन वॉज लाइक इफ आई हैव टू लर्न इंग्लिश फ्रॉम दिस पर्टिकुलर ऑप्शन then i need 12 years of my life i need to devote 10 to 12 years of my life because then i need to start from scratch like a school student 
तो आई वॉज लाइक हाँ बात तो सही है दिस इज नॉट इंस्टेंटली ग्रेटिफाइंग आई मीन सो आई सेट ओके लेट्स लुक एट योर प्रॉब्लम मोर डीपली एंड ट्राई टू अंडरस्टैंड वेर यू आर स्ट्रगलिंग सो दीज पीपल मोस्ट ऑफ दैम हैड सिमिलर प्रॉब्लम्स कॉन्टेक्चुअल प्रॉब्लम्स सो फॉर एग्जाम्पल चलो जॉब इंटरव्यू तो अल्टीमेट गोल है टू क्लियर द जॉब इंटरव्यू बट इवन बिफोर दैट Uh, I want to build my confidence in small, small instances. So I go to a mall, and new malls were opening up in Jaipur at that time. And there we have, you know, those high-five salesmen uh, who ask you, "Okay, ma'am, how how can I help you, ma'am?" And I freeze. I mean, I don't know what to say, what to tell this guy, and I just run away from there. Or if we go to fancy new restaurants coming up in Jaipur, again the same thing. What would you like to order, ma'am? and i start fumbling and then somebody from my family would help but i feel low because i was not able to tell him what i want right if somebody from my parents uh, from my father's office is calling me so there was this one lady who was saying my husband's my husband is very fluent in english and his colleagues when they call um, and he's not around i have to answer the calls and they start off with hey can i talk to rajan please <laughs> I, I have to fumble. I have to mumble something in Hindi only. But I feel no. I was not. I'm not able to respond back in English. What will he think about my husband that his wife can't even speak in English? So very small things, but they meant a lot to these women. Um, and then I was like, okay, so let's solve the problem first. These small little problems first. Let's not try to uh, climb Mount Everest. Okay, let's start taking baby steps towards it. So what I did was I sat them down and I said, okay, let's. See next time when Rajan's friend calls you, this is how you're going to respond. So he says, "Okay, may I speak to Rajan?" You will say this, then he will say this, you will say this, he will say this. So I did a whole written script for her, and uh, she was really happy. <laughs> she was like, "आपने जो लिखा है वो मुझे पूरा समझ आ रहा है, बस बोलने का confidence नहीं है." So I was like, "Then let's speak it." So we role played with each other. I was like, "I'm Rajan's friend, okay, and you're the wife. So I'm calling you. What will you say?" so we did that and he was just reading out from the paper but she was feeling so happy and i was like you go home you practice these dialogues and we will do a role play again tomorrow and i also asked her if isme se kuch bhi clear nahi hai if you don't know any word or any sentence then ask me so she had a few doubts around a few words or a few sentence structures i resolved that but then i was like now you have to practice speaking these dialogues because spoken english is most important for you at this point to build your confidence and when we did it the next day she was overwhelmed she was like anradha bas aap mujhe aise english sikha do there's like here only for a couple of months uh, it wouldn't happen so soon but let's keep trying and then she had more and more contact uh, contacts there were other people who had more and more contacts so i kept building on those use cases again small written notes role plays mostly and used to give it to these guys they were very happy uh, but i was seeing some pronunciation related uh, mismatch like they were able to say these dialogues but the pronunciation was not correct and when they were practicing it at home i was not around to tell them your pronunciation is off right so i started recording my voice i used to give them my voice recording as well as the written notes but it was a little tedious in my opinion so uh, i went one step ahead and i explored something online there was a free drag and drop animation tool So I created my first animated video out of uh, one of these use cases. I recorded my own voice and gave dialogues to characters, and it came out really well. I mean, I enjoyed making it, and they enjoyed uh, listening to it and learning from that video instead of the written notes. And so that became then an obsession. 
um i had already gone back to gurgaon by then but i kept working on these animated videos and i kept taking more and more use cases from these people and they used to they used to share it with their friends and they used to then come back with more content oh my meri friend bol rahi thi ye bhi agar ho jaye to is pe bhi mujhe video chahiye so uh, but sharing the videos on email was tedious because there were heavy files they used to download and then watch and, and most of them didn't have laptops right so um i started posting it on facebook page and just for fun i called it multibhashi this page grew very popular so besides the immediate circle that i was trying to help a lot of unknown people were coming on the page liking the videos uh, dropping their comments chatting with the page and giving their use cases so i already had enough use cases now i had even more before i realized i had created more than 100 animations uh, akshay uh and the page was going very strong and my videos were mostly bilingual in hindi because my immediate circle was hindi speaking right so my videos would typically start with um aaj hum sikhenge restaurant mein angrezi mein kaise baat ki jaye and then there would be a, a waiter coming up in english i'll explain that dialogue then a customer coming up in english this you were doing when your uh, second child was like just born Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was what one month old, and I was I used to just I used to put both the kids to sleep because day job I already had a Dexter. I used to put both the kids to sleep. Then I tiptoe out of the room. I record my own voice and create these animations. I used to sleep around two a.m., three a.m., and then get up in the morning at seven a.m. So there's hardly any sleep, especially with young kids. But I was enjoying it so much. So now Feb two thousand sixteen is when I actually launched the Facebook page. um and it became quite popular uh july 2016 by july 2016 i uh, had made up my mind that i have found my passion <laughs> and i want to pursue it more deeply how big was the facebook page by july yeah so by july i think we had some 30 40000 likes on the page very good traction and um in the month of uh, like during these months from feb to july there were quite a few incidents which strengthened my conviction in the idea and the problem more than anything more than the idea the problem that the problem is very huge there are a lot of people struggling with the same problem and i was also reminded of my days trying to learn french uh, how tedious it was because again um, nobody teaches you in a conversational format nobody focuses on the spoken uh, context so um there were a few people so there was one guy from bangladesh who landed on the page and said i want my mother to learn english but all your videos are bilingual in hindi she doesn't understand hindi do you have something in bengali to english i said yeah, yeah we have a lot of videos in bengali i had nothing practically by then but like give me a week's time i'll get back to you with the videos and i quickly hired um, and the good thing was because i was the dexter i was aware of all the options i have online because i was connected with so many startups so there was a startup called let's intern it's still there right i hired a virtual intern on let's intern nukaiya ali was her name she was my first ever i i tell her you are the first ever employee of multibashi <laughs> i hired her for a very reasonable amount and she dubbed a few videos in bengali for me so they were hindi to english she dubbed it for instead of my voice it was her voice then and then i provided it to this fellow and i also posted it on the facebook when he was really happy was like yeah we want more so this and a few other incidents people coming from sri lanka people coming from pakistan 
not just India. People coming from Tamil Nadu saying, "Do you have it in Tamil?" And I was like, "No, sorry, uh, not right now." But yeah, soon we will uh, roll out more videos in this language. So that I think, uh, and and the fact that the problem was huge, and the second thing that I was enjoying it so much, solving the problem, and third thing, I I was doing something right because of which people were liking it because there were plethora of options otherwise. In July two thousand sixteen, I then really quit Dexter. uh and i started working on the idea so i put together um, uh a small team uh, on the tech side then we decided that we want to go with an app idea because we would be able to bring a customer again and again on the platform which was required if we want them to learn a language they needed practice every day so um the first version of the app was extremely embarrassing very basic raw it was just a collection of all the videos that i had made and on top of those videos there were a few quizzes to reinforce what you've learned in the video when we launched our uh, we we were very mindful of the fact that we want to ship out quickly we don't want to build a taj mahal and then because we wanted to ship out quickly so that we can get a feedback quickly and improvise so december 2016 uh start to finish we had an android app which taught english from hindi and bengali we'd already released it uh we also launched a web version by the way at that point okay how how were you funding it like self funding yeah so dexter was dexter was sponsoring that so um yeah so dexter was the earliest investor in mandibashi uh we we um till july 2017 august 2017 almost a year uh we had raised no external funding besides uh dexter okay but how much did you invest in that one year almost 40 lakh okay yeah okay. so it was a significant risk you were taking significant risk we were taking but uh, both i and devendra were uh, very very optimistic about the idea but uh, what was the uh, monetization like at that stage no so there was no thought of monetization at that point uh when we started off uh there was no thought to the monetization the initial focus was only to build an effective product which solves a problem so the whole thing was people should be able to confidently say that after using multibashi they were able to learn a language mm-hmm. and speak fluently in that language so learning outcome has been our trick from day one we we were like we will figure it out we don't have a monetization plan right now but uh, let's focus all our energy on solving the problem and getting as much traction as possible so that we can improve the product further because it is only from user feedback that we're going to improve this product ultimately it should be a working prototype it should be able to solve the problem um, so we started off with hindi and bengali through which we were teaching english by march we had added three more uh, south indian languages through which we were teaching english tamil telugu and kannada uh, right and uh, by july 2017 we had 1 lakh installs on the app so august 2017 is when we raised our first round and we were still teaching only english how did the first fundraise happen sure so um, akshay our first investor was dr anirudh malpani who is a very prolific angel investor he's an infertility specialist by profession but he's invested in quite a few startups and he's very active on linkedin so i used to follow him on linkedin and i used to comment on his posts i used to find his posts very interesting and we used to sometimes uh, get into one on one chats on linkedin 
when the subject was very interesting um on one such discussions um, you know we decided to have a call and during the call he incidentally asked me okay so what do you do tell me about your business tell me about your startup and we got talking about multibash and he found it very interesting so uh, he then suggested why don't you send me your deck if you're looking for one and we were at that point of time not really actively fundraising but uh, yeah we we started thinking about that okay we need to probably start working on fundraise of multibash the traction is good enough now um so he told me send me your deck and that's how the discussion started and i think within two weeks uh, the money was in the bank so fairly quick he was fairly quick and they did all due diligence he has a separate firm solidarity which does it they talk to our customers they talk to our team members um at that point of time utna hi didi hota right <laughs> there was no other than that there was no revenue there was no not much spend also but you must have put projections and all in your deck correct correct so there was deck there was fm everything went to him for sure so w- what did you project as monetization like how would you monetize so at that point of time we had started experimenting with some b2b projects akshay and uh, they were sounding promising and in fact we we started making revenue not from the intended channel but from an unintended channel um in the language learning space we were still not able to make any revenue but in the language space per se we, we started making revenue so what was happening was as we were adding more and more languages akshay we were onboarding linguists from all the language backgrounds and these were mostly educated housewives that we were onboarding i started with a network of five educated housewives for in uh in feb 2017 right early days when i was adding those south indian languages uh but it soon grew up to almost today we have a network of 12000 such women wow uh, so these are women who contribute content who contribute a lot of content who also contribute to training on the platform now so we evolved into a blended learning model now from a pure self learning model so there also they play a lot of role they help us with a lot of seo content that we generate for the product um and they practically handle almost anything and everything at multibashi 90% 99% in fact of our workforce is formed out of these people but but they would not be like uh, on payroll kind of a workforce they're not on payroll but like... they're paid on the basis of the work they do in that month so the monthly paid out yeah not all 12000 are actively working uh, we would have a few hundreds like 500 or so women who are actively uh, working in a particular month Hmm. Okay, so what did you see as revenue at that stage when you had five of them? Like- so we were doing, uh, yeah. So what we were doing was uh, we were doing two things for businesses. One was we were training their employees in some amount of English, like customer-facing employees. Customer-facing employees, and number hmm. two, there were few startups who needed Indian language content. Okay. So there also we were helping because we already had a base of content creators. Hmm. 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 Right. So uh although at our first fundraise we had projected that the B2B business will do well and we will start monetizing from that uh it didn't really pick up at that point of time for sure In fact we worked so we we carried on in such a capital efficient manner that it lasted us almost 2 years 2 to 2 and a half years because uh, we were very lean in our costs and we started generating some good revenue from the uh, 
language business and some very initial revenue from the uh, language learning business also right uh, so then from there on we added more and more languages uh, by our second fundraise we had become a player which taught english through 12 indian languages and also taught these indian languages through english okay when was the second fundraise which year second fundraise was kicked off in uh, 2019 like november 2019 it was kicked off closed in march 2020 by 2019 what kind of numbers did you have like so how many downloads like 16 lakh registered users on the platform we had uh, substantial revenues uh, from b2b segment and we had uh, very small but promising revenue stream from b2c segment okay so how do you monetize b2c like you charge them so from our first fundraise to the second fundraise we figured out so we were constantly taking feedback from our users right and again like i said the north star metric was learning outcomes and we were talking to these people and we were figuring out okay you are completing the courses so our course completion rates were was really good on the platform engagement with the content was really good compared to our peers what is the rate like how many people finish the course once they start uh 50% of our users were completing minimum 25% of the course and when i'm talking about the course i'm talking from beginner to advanced so it's a huge course yeah the course completion rate the time they were spending on the app was really good and that's where we wanted to understand from our users if they are actually achieving learning outcomes and when we say learning outcomes it's basically fluency in that language right but when we were talking to these people they were telling us ki the app is amazing like it's helping you learn a lot of new words phrases sentence structures grammar rules in a fun innovative way and we had launched a chatbot point of time the interface was very similar to whatsapp so uh, by the by our second fundraise uh, or a little before that itself the product had been completely transformed and it was very uh, effortless to learn uh, the basics of a language it used to look like a imagine you have an interface which looks like whatsapp and there is a bot who is interacting with you and teaching you a new language so so the bot would serve up a video based on what you last correct it will send you video files like like your friend sends you video files on whatsapp right it will then send you questions on whatsapp and give you options whatsapp doesn't give you options but this bot will give you options that you can select from uh so all those things were doing so some really good stuff we so the interface is pure chat like it, it's not like you browse courses select a course and all that but through chat only you tell the bot what you want to learn and then it correct correct, correct. So it was a chat first platform if somebody is not comfortable with chat we also had a card format so there were two parallel formats and then there was a community learning feature where and still there like uh, the chat format the card format is still there uh self learning piece is still there but we have evolved over and above that and i'll tell you how so when we started talking to these guys they said um, see my problem is twofold why i'm not able to master the language number one i'm not uh, sincere and although you send me a lot of notifications and you keep reminding me but because it's just an app i don't care second i don't have a human being to talk to so that hampers my progress so you know that's how we came up and there were a few other things they told us based on which we decided that okay we need to bring in assisted learning also we need to experiment with that and when we started experimenting with that and early results were promising that's when we projected that this is going to grow like anything 
and that's how we raised our second round but those early uh, numbers were really promising and of post fundraise we've seen an explosion in growth of revenue because of that particular uh, evolution in the model so now what we do is it's a blended learning model let's say akshay you want to learn french okay now uh, what we do is we give you a proper road map so in the next 30 days or let's say in the next 40 days this is how you are going to uh, and we've mapped our curriculum to the internationally recognized certification exams so for french for example like i said i cleared delf right i also cleared delf a2 later hmm. so uh, b2c monetization is what you were telling me about so um, yeah so like i was saying we were talking to our users and we were trying to figure out why are they not able to develop the required level of fluency and from whatever they told us we thought it would be a good experiment to try human assisted learning also along with the self learning that we were already following so we came up with the idea of a blended learning model and like i was saying akshay just imagine if you want to learn french okay and you enroll in mandabashi and i give you your 40 day plan okay where i say that every day for 1 hour okay or every other day or twice a week some frequency i decide or once a week you will get a live audience with a french expert and she will help you with a particular topic and she will make you speak and it will be a batch of 10 to 15 students you will all compete against each other the teacher will first teach you will encourage all of you to speak those words and phrases and give you live feedback on your pronunciation and then she will make you all compete against each other in a quiz so that you can see what you've learned today then she will give you a lot of reinforcement self learning practice exercises that you will do before the next class okay and then there will be a lot of recommended material on the app again in the self learning mode but by next class you will be proficient in that particular topic and the teacher will move on to the next topic right uh or maybe multiple topics you'll be proficient with some you've learned through assisted learning some you've learned through self learning and then you'll reinforce those topics in the next class learn get introduced to a new some new concepts and that's how your journey will look like and all this that you're doing is aligned to a curriculum which is prepared for you to succeed in an internationally recognized certification exam right so for example like i was saying french we have levels like delf a1 delf a2 and we have a set curriculum which is very very uh, and these are cefr levels akshay so the curriculum is not your uh, traditional school level curriculum the curriculum is aligned to the speaking capability of a individual like at a1 level this person will be able to speak and understand this 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 is how you define it so what is there in english like uh... like you have delf in french what do you have in english is it like ielts yeah ielts ielts is a, a internationally recognized certificate that you can take up in english but in english typically people are not aiming to clear ielts typically they are looking for fluency right and for that we go by the cefr guidelines because cefr guidelines already give you fluency so we again design our english syllabus or curriculum based on those fluency guidelines so this is your a1 english curriculum this is your a1 to a2 english level curriculum and so on right now um so in french like i was talking about for french delf a1 
we prescribe 60 hours of uh live learning along with a lot of 100 or 120 hours of self learning okay um so this is what we are now working on and we've seen some massive growth after that in revenue uh, and in learning outcomes so people are actually and we then we have checkpoints so there are daily quizzes there are weekly assessments monthly assessments and students are provided with proper uh, progress reports around them rest of the things for example uh creating curriculum done by multibhashi providing notes to the teacher so that she can train students so the in class material provided by multibhashi um the post class notes provided by multibhashi to students uh progress reports provided by the company the teacher's role is just to deliver the learning in the classroom right uh so it's a very limited role but so we when we are selecting the trainers we look for subject matter experts but we also look for a lot of empathy cheerfulness uh showmanship you know because you have to engage a class you have to inspire a class so those qualities we look more rather than um and for english so this is for foreign languages uh, what is the charge for english same pattern for english but for english the charges are low so we charge uh, 1800 rupees for the first basic level of english that's for how many days or like months like i so that involves uh, 30 hours of live learning with instructor along with close to 50 hours of self learning Okay, but a person could choose his own hours, or like if someone wants to do one hour every day, or the multiple batches, and we place a student according to his choice of timings. But once you choose that timing, we recommend sticking to it because the trainer connect, the batch connect is important in your learning. And these are like two-way video kind of. classes or is yes, it yes. audio it's or? like a video conference between kids and between students and trainer okay but but wouldn't there be like bandwidth issues uh, for uh, for like somebody who's not in a uh, city which has good network coverage we haven't seen that issue so far to be honest most of the people these days are um, using high speed geo network <laughs> so haven't seen that but yes the product does uh, a few optimizations so everything happens on the app that we have right uh, so we have uh, done some adjustments in the product in such a way that the low bandwidth can be handled so what typically happens is if the bandwidth is we do a certain um, you know last minute um, fixes for example if the bandwidth is too low the student video will get off so that because the trainer video is extremely important right but the student video can get off or maybe the student if the network is poor may not be able to see the fellow students video those kind of things those kind of adjustments happen real time if the network bandwidth is not supportive okay so and in a one hour class like what would be the percentage split of time in which the teacher is speaking and time in which the student is speaking so we keep it very very interactive akshay to be honest i would say 50 50 because students are naturally inspired by teachers to speak a lot and then there is doubt solving also instant so the time that teacher spends talking we and when we interview teachers that's when also we uh, give them and and in our trainer orientation programs also we have guidelines like if you've been talking for more than 3 minutes 
stop and reflect why is it that you are constantly speaking and there is no student participation so uh, like you rightly pointed out class participation is something we are very conscious about and these learners would all be from the same uh, vernacular like all hindi speaking learners in a batch correct correct so if it is a hindi to english batch then there will be all hindi background people learning english through a trainer who is fluent in hindi now she if she, whether she chooses to speak hindi during class or not depends on the level of the students if they are very initial level students she will obviously instruct them only in hindi but then gradually she starts telling them that okay guys i will only speak in english i'll speak slowly very slowly but i will prefer that i speak in english so that you develop a, a flavor for listening in english so uh, what is the level at which you can cater to someone like say uh, somebody is fifth uh, pass you know or just started till class fifth would he be uh someone you would cater to or like would you need at least like a 10th pass or what no so uh grades don't matter we are by the way also getting a lot of uh, kids who are learning languages with us so there is a whole uh, playlist of video testimonials by multibashi there are more than 200 video testimonials on youtube where you will be able to see people from various walks of life women housewives working women um kids in school kids in colleges working professionals uh, blue collared workers all of them are voicing their experience with multibashi and how they learned the language with multibashi uh so even kids we form separate batches for kids obviously uh and more than grade in case of english uh, akshay how we place them is uh, based on their level of fluency so whether they are at an able level or a2 level or so on we need to figure that out and then form a batch but i am assuming one would need to at least know some english like at least a b c d and just a few simple words like hello and bye and all that uh, i mean you wouldn't be teaching them a b c d if someone doesn't know that also hmm so there what happens is akshay we have another product which is a premium product called one to one now these are we'd be capability wise obviously we have the capability to start from that level but the problem is on demand side we see very few people like that coming up right so but still if we get some edge cases like that then we recommend them to join our one to one uh, programs where there won't be a batch setting they'll get maximum attention but obviously it is higher priced as well how do people pay like uh, do people use cards yeah so people use wallets people use cards bank transfers also happen i think uh, that is one hurdle that we used to face uh, when we started off a lot of people didn't have any online payment methods which got completely resolved by the time we figured out our monetization model just in time for us yeah why did you start regional yeah. languages like isn't it a dilution i mean your focus was to empower people by teaching them english so then why distract yourself by also teaching them bengali for example correct correct so we thought hard about this uh, akshay and we started getting requests for teaching indian languages foreign languages as early as 2016 itself when we started off teaching english there were a lot of people who used to tell us baki languages kyun why only english right and we kept thinking about it for a long time and we said no we we just want to 
focus on english we don't want to dilute focus on this and that but then as we started growing we realized curriculum preparation is not a, an everyday job i mean it keeps evolving but it is intense in the initial few days in terms of trainer our supply base like i said already so many uh, talented linguists we are we have in our network right so for us same platform same delivery model everything remains the same so when i say i will lose my focus what is it that will bother me the most i started questioning myself like that so initial few days when we are launching a new language curriculum preparation becomes the heaviest uh, focus right for that particular language but once that is done and that's figured out uh, i mean it becomes smooth so i didn't see it as a dilution of focus or a problem for me uh, but it in fact gave us more and more i i see it that way that as soon as we started teaching foreign languages also and which is more recent phenomena somehow and it's unfortunate but somehow our credibility increased that much more so as long as we were saying we teach english uh, people still used to perceive us users i'm talking about the learners they were going to teach english because teaching english is not a big deal for them there are so many people who are proficient in english but when you say that we also teach foreign languages that's when you establish yourself as the one stop shop for learning any language so i think um, that served the entire the greater purpose and uh, we i don't think we've lost focus or uh, there has been a problem because of that like uh, for these foreign languages these would be indians only who would be signing up like an indian signing up to learn japanese currently yes yes our entire uh, user base is um, india or maximum like neighboring countries uh, and what is the game plan here like are you looking at eventually uh, like teaching japanese to an american for example yeah so <laughs> i think it will be a natural progression akshay if we do well and if we establish ourselves as a one stop solution for learning any language in the world effectively um, where you are able to gain real fluency in a language and not just fiddling with a few new phrases and words then it will i think it will happen naturally i mean we don't need to strategize for that we just need to focus on our core strength which is making the language learning process more and more effective giving the best possible learning experience to our users by adding more and more um learning focused features learning enhancement focused features and uh, just giving a great value to our customers for the money they are paying us if that happens uh, ultimately word of mouth is very strong so we have currently uh, students staying in let's say france uh move to paris for their studies and who are learning french with us we have uh, people nris in china who never learned chinese because they said okay we could get by uh, teaching in english but then they realized that their kids started going to school and chinese became a subject that the kids had were struggling with and if they were to help their children with chinese they had to know a little bit of chinese so they are learning chinese with multibashi as a family the, the batch consists of two families where there are parents and kids and they've just taken a premium batch and they're learning chinese so these use cases i have already which which means that geographically we have already started expanding demographically it's still indian user base but indians in america indians in france indians in china are already jumping the ship 
and now when more people in their circle will figure out that okay this people learn chinese so let's say uh, a japanese living in china who's a friend of an indian who learned chinese with us will automatically be drawn to mandavashi but i mean i don't see it as an immediate priority so i'm not focusing on that really geographically expanding but i see that happening as a natural progression and in my opinion it should happen if if just we are focused on delivering our value in the best possible way okay okay uh, so what is your uh, break even for a batch like you know how many uh, learners do you need in a batch for that batch to be profitable for you uh, in english correct so our gross margin is pretty good uh, akshay mm, but uh, at the same time we decided that we don't want to be too greedy and we don't want to have very large batches because the learning is hampered in that, that case so the maximum batch size that we run today is 20 maximum like most of the times we average out between 10 to 15 um and yeah so this is the batch strength that gives us uh good margins as well as makes sure that the each participant is growing each participant is being paid proper attention okay and what is the percentage of people who will uh, pay again like you know who who take let's say someone takes a 1.1 hmm. and then they come back and take a 1.2 also like you know go to the next level and pay again that's Repeat a very customers. high yeah that's a very high percentage so once people clear a level uh, and now we are seeing earlier we used to see most of the people paying in smaller bits now we are seeing people taking higher bits so instead of just paying for a 1.1 we have people who are paying from a 1 2 b2 like which is a long journey uh there is this one edge again it's an edge case but there is this one customer who's paid for 2 years of learning at mandavashi she's going to learn uh, 6 languages uh for 4 months each something like that or 4 languages for 6 months each i'm sorry i don't remember but either of this this, this was like um a, an edge case but there are people who are uh, signing up for longer duration packs so uh, how much does it uh, cost for someone to learn english entirely like from a 1.1 till the last level that you offer like, like do you have like a bundled yeah a1 uh, so cefr defines 6 levels actions uh, a1 a2 b1 b2 c1 c2 and c2 is a near native fluency so i would i myself would fall somewhere around uh, b2 i guess okay so um, and in in the job market which is the biggest uh, reason why people are normally learning english uh, a b1 level free fluency is more than enough like if if you are a b1 level english speaker you are like sorted so our programs if i talk about duration a1 duration is almost 3 uh, months to again almost 3 months even takes slightly longer it takes 4 to 5 months depending on of the catching power and all and b2 also takes similar level so we are talking about almost a years uh, continuous journey in english even if it's not continuous on and off that's fine but uh, if somebody is starting from a1 and that's i'm talking about somebody who's starting from a1 a1 is a level where uh, you are only and there is an a0 level as well so 
the level that you were talking about, right? Remember, you somebody doesn't even know alphabets and all. So that's your A zero level. So at an A one level beginning, before an A one level, somebody is at a level where they know the alphabets, basic words, but they are not able to form a proper sentence confidently. Uh, I'm talking about from that level to if you reach, if you want to reach to B two, it's easily a year's time you will require. Hmm. Okay. And how much will it cost? uh so if we if if somebody takes a lump sum package right if he pays as they go like monthly or that is then it will be close to 1800 uh, rupees a month right uh but if they pay lump sum uh i think it should be close to 20000 rupees for a year uh what are your projections for you know by the end of this financial year what do you think will be the split between b2c revenue and b2b revenue how many uh, paying learners would you have do you have any like top line projection like you would have crossed this much revenue by end of this year yeah sure so akshay uh, we've given ourselves a target of growing uh, 10x in revenue uh, by the end of uh, december 2020 okay and uh, which means that there will be a 10x increase in the user base also paid user paid user base like Paying user, paying customer base, um, and for that again, we are also working on uh, quite a few product variations. So, for example, we've recently come up with an exclusive course for English interview preparation. Similarly, we see a lot of requests from people on business communication. They are in a job already, so in, in interview preparation is for somebody who is still looking for a job. this communication english program is for somebody who's already in a job and a lot of this program will be dedicated to email writing handling um, office meetings and so on so we are uh, planning to release products like these also uh, which will be slightly higher ticket size but will also be um, catering to a large audience so yeah so we we just focused on adding more and more features and products and acquiring more paid customers what do you see as the split between uh, b2c and b2b b2c it has already surpassed b2b for us in the past 6 months we've grown uh, almost in from feb from march to july we've already grown 8x in revenue and uh, yeah which is why i'm so confident about again from july to december we will again grow 10x uh and this is all b2c growth that i'm talking about b2b has been fairly consistent and constant for us but it acts as a robust uh, revenue stream and helped us uh, in being extremely capital efficient in our journey from the first round to the second round and even now we see that as a constant support but definitely it will become so before uh, you know uh, B2C was at X and B2B was at Y, so the ratio is already interchanged now. And B2B will become a very small piece of the pie very soon. So, uh, what is it that is personally driving you? Like, what is it that you are looking to learn? Because uh, you are by nature someone who loves to learn new things. So, so you know, what is it that you are currently attempting to learn? So, honestly, Akshay, uh, I am not. hands on techy at multibashi and uh, i am 
what I'm driving at Multipashi currently is uh, hiring, fundraise, uh, and product, core product. So for example, and delivery of curriculum, right? So these are the three verticals that I am, uh, that are my core focus. Like I'm the responsible person for them. We have a tech, uh, otherwise for tech, we have proper support, marketing, sales, we have proper uh, supports and for even for the functions that I'm talking about, except fundraise, for hiring, we have a proper team and support for uh, product also, for curriculum also, I have a team. Mm-hmm. How big is your uh, headcount? Like uh, how big is company size? So, like I said, 500 people across the country actively working, which is our, uh, not on payrolls, but that's our network. Otherwise, uh, the team which uh, is an, on the payroll, we have 25 people now in the passion. How many of them in tech and how many in marketing? Like, what's the breakup? Uh, so, we have five in tech, five in marketing. Then we have some people in design, uh, curriculum, uh, HR, and finance. And I'm constantly learning new stuff uh, here. But I also want to, you know, learn new stuff in marketing as well as tech. That, that's always been my aspiration, although I've never been able to spend much time there. So that is one area that I keep uh, bothering my folks with. Here, please involve me more. I would like to stay in touch with how we can um, ramp up our capabilities there. And otherwise, leadership-wise, I think I've learned some valuable lessons uh, while building Multibashi. Uh, leadership uh, in terms of inspiring people, in terms of... Uh, you know, getting inspired by them, learning new stuff from them. I mean, we have an amazing culture at Maldivashi. And uh, this I keep telling my team that, uh, you know, even if I had not been successful, even I haven't, if, even if I hadn't reached where we are today, and this is not obviously the pinnacle, but until this part of journey, if I hadn't reached, one thing that I would have always felt good about would be that we built an absolutely beautiful culture at Maldivashi. So this is something that we can't compromise with going forward as well. New people are joining in and we have to be extremely cautious of uh, adding people uh, who are who match the DNA of the company and then preserving that DNA even when they are involved in the company. So why did you move to Bangalore? You were in Gurgaon earlier, right? When you started Dexter. Uh, so we were in Gurgaon till 2000. Uh, 16, 2015 uh, to 2016 was my whole, you know, experiment with the idea. And so when in July 2016, I finally decided to quit Dexter. Interestingly, at the same time, Devendra, so I didn't even talk about Devendra's other venture, right? In 2015, Devendra also started off uh, another venture called Insta Office. So he and Vikas... Uh, they are the two co-founders. They started this co-working space uh, startup and uh, they started off with Gurgaon. So once they had uh, quite a few properties in Gurgaon and the business was thriving, they decided that they wanted to also expand to Bangalore, which was another startup hub. And that's where they decided one of the founders need to relocate there for some time and build the business out of there and then maybe come back to Gurgaon. For that purpose, I and Devendra moved to Bangalore in July, August, I think June or July, we 
relocated for and we thought we'll go for a month and we'll come back after setting up a few centers but i absolutely loved the city so i was like uh, i'm not going back to gurgaon ever <laughs> this is the okay, place where okay. i want to build out my team and remember i told you around that time i was looking for the first few techies to build out the product and uh, i was completely swept off my feet by the ecosystem like the kind of talent you find here and the kind of support you find here for entrepreneurs is just out of the world 2017 april we also got selected by axilor that's another fantastic thing that happened to mantabashi because absolutely amazing folks uh, we were a part of their one and a half month three months sorry three month long accelerator program uh, met a lot of people networked with so many geniuses got such good mentorship connects um, i mean bangalore was just magic for me uh, and i attribute the success of multibashi a lot to my relocation to bangalore it was easier for him also it was more effective for insta office also having one founder in gurgaon and one in bangalore uh, he scaled up pretty well uh, in bangalore also uh, the office uh, business so you've been in i think multiple incubation acceleration programs uh, what is the difference between an incubator and an accelerator and what is the value add that they provide so we've been a part of i think five such programs uh, some of them intense some of them not so intense the three were most intense axelord um, gray matters uh, capital calibrator and google launchpad so these were the very these were very hands on intense acceleration programs and two were the non hands on but supportive kind of acceleration programs one was by aws edustart and the other was by amazon uh, aws ho gaya the second was uh, Now, MongoDB का भी हम लोग पढ़ते हैं एफ बी स्टार्ट प्रोग्राम थ्री एक्चुअली नॉन इंटेंसिव बट थ्री सो वट दीज थ्री प्रोग्राम्स डिड दीज थ्री गेव अ सपोर्ट इन टर्म्स ऑफ क्रेडिट्स टू देयर सर्विसेज राइट इनफैक्ट आई एम सो सॉरी वी वर अ पार्ट ऑफ द फोर्थ प्रोग्राम ऑल्सो इट इज नॉट नॉट सो इंटेंसिव बट क्रेडिट ओरिएंटेड प्रोग्राम इट वॉज गूगल क्लाउड प्रोग्राम सो वी हैव इमेंसली बेनिफिटेड आउट ऑफ दीज फोर प्रोग्राम्स because as a young startup akshay if we didn't have these resources our tech expenditure would have been humongous we would have run out of money too soon we would not have been able to experiment with so many ideas um so i i really i'm really grateful to these programs and i think all entrepreneurs should um try to try to get an access to such programs uh, obviously they have some selection criteria they Uh, make you go through a process but they're totally worth the effort so ladies and gents that was anuradha talking about her venture multibashi if you wish to learn english in your mother tongue or if you are looking for translations and transcription services log on to multibashi.com If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in. That is 
thepodium.in for a complete list of all our shows. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast. Log on to hdsmartcast.com to listen to more such podcasts.